Hello and welcome to the 69th episode of the Emperor's New Podcast. I'm your host, hey! Nice. Today I am joined by Xander Casey and Kieran McHugh. Hello. How's it going? And today we are talking about the Emperor's New School, Season 2, Episode 25, Kronk the Magnificent slash Camp Cusco. And for those wondering, yes, Camp is spelled with a K. And Kronk the Magnificent can double as a name tag. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yes, absolutely. Kronk the Magnifico. <laughs> so I'll get into there's something pr- important about the second episode, but I'll get into that when we get or the second segment. But I'll get into that when we. I've got about. a lot to say about the second episode. Like I've got more notes on that, I think, than the first segment. Not yeah. going to lie. Well, it's a better segment, but <laughs> mm. I really have the inverse on it because it. Because I have a lot of questions with the first half, not so much with the second half, thankfully. Yeah, mm. yeah. The the first half brings up questions. So basically, the plot, the the opening plot of the first half is that Yzma wants to drop a giant Cusco bust on the real record keeper's house, so he'll think. And also, sent some other did some other things that said, "Oh, this is that you know, like had notes that said that Cusco was doing them, um, so that the yeah. royal record keeper will wipe Cusco off the records, so she can become empress." Like. He can do that. <laughs> that seems uh, that always seems complicated. But then this again, whole franchise is complicated. I not was gonna, gonna say Yisma's plans are always complicated. That's her stick. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting to see, like, going from the show, like after viewing the first movie of she's gone from trying to kill Cusco to petty revenge schemes, which. Yeah fascinating like you wanted to kill this guy and now you're just like trying to impede his education but she goes for whatever is easiest in the moment really and cheapest remember she's cheap she wanted she's on a budget (laughs) she wanted to save money on postage Um. (laughs) well she is still trying to kill him in fact uh, one of my notes was actually from before the theme song because they did that cold tag yeah where uh, where uh where Cusco said that she was his new best friend. I'm like, how are you? How is she your new best friend? She tried to kill you, bro. Yeah. Blissfully ignorant as Cusco tends to be. Yeah. yeah, That's Um, that's his trademark. She does Hmm. try to try to kill him. But I think that there were some people. I don't think there are people there that do this anymore because I've heard it said multiple times in more recent shows. But I think there must have been some executive note or saying she can't say the word kill. She has to say destroy. Because every time she mentions mm-hmm. actually killing him, she says destroy him. But it's the same thing, you know? Yeah, in kids' media, you can't use the word kill very often. Like... But now, like, with Gravity Falls and DuckTales, maybe it's because they're more serious, which is a weird thing to say about a show about talking ducks. Um, <laughs> I was gonna, I, I'm going to bring this up real quick because uh, they couldn't even say kill on an episode of Ultimate Spider-Man because they brought Deadpool on. Oh, yeah. We'll yeah. K-word them. We can't say the K-word on television, you see. <laughs> yeah. You know, they could have done that here, and it would have... It would have worked. worked. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess they've just gotten softer when it comes to kids' shows nowadays. Well, well, that's the thing. A lot of the modern shows aren't afraid to mention death and killing um, on Disney Channel these days. I don't know. He was never afraid of talking about death. It's more serial. The more serial. Well, death is. So first of all, death was a huge part of the Emperor's New Groove, the movie. Hmm. That's the entire plot of the movie. Is they're trying to kill him. Um, Death is a threat that exists, but it's not uh, talked about much. If that makes sense, 
it's clear yeah. people have died in because or the possibility of people dying is a thing that the characters know about because in one episode they find a skeleton and they think it's a, a guy but it turned out to be a, a, a Halloween decoration because they can't make up their minds if they <laughs> want it to be Cuscoween or Halloween in <laughs> the writers. Yeah. The idea of Cuscoween just makes no sense when you think about it. Yeah. I like to think that the, the Cuscoween and Halloween are the same and they just sort of turned Cuscoween. They broadened what you can dress up as. After Yzma took over and everyone started dressing up as Yzma, they realized they could dress up as whatever they wanted to. Yeah, it reminds me of like the Merry Madagascar. It was a Christmas like short film of Madagascar where King Julian turned Christmas into Merry Juliannuary. I know what you're talking about. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. He and Cusco are very similar. Very much so, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. So then Yzma gives Kronk a head start to go warn the royal record keeper. Uh, he doesn't make it in time, but fortunately, because because Kronk is worried the royal record keeper might be in the house, and Yzma wasn't thinking about that. But also, why would Yzma? I guess Yzma would care because then who's going to wipe his name from the records, right? Yeah, that if is he's dead. True. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Kronk goes to stop to find, and the house gets crushed by a bus. But the royal record keeper was like out shopping or something, and Kronk <laughs> rebuilds his house, and then Kronk, the anachronisms in this show they're very inconsistent with. <laughs> um, Kronk helps a bunch of villagers, including some who are going to the airport. I, I wrote that down. Like, how does exist in this universe? Because there's like another episode. I think it's an episode after this one, even where a character where Cusco's trying to get an airplane to go to the beach, and when he goes to the person at the desk and and asks them why they can't get him a plane, he says airplanes haven't been invented yet. So they just have yeah. an airport, but no airplanes. <laughs> this franchise has a weird relationship with like modern day technology because I counted in this one segment alone, we had a TV, an airport, a rock band. Yzma mentions a mix CD and yeah. pizza. I'm pretty sure pizza was not around then. Well, when you watch the movie, it's a bit more subtle, but there's still lots of anachronisms there. Like there's a toaster. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, there's a floor buffer. The whole, you know, again, another part of the plot is a character wants to build a water park, which isn't a thing. Uh, they had at least not with that terminology, like that they didn't say water slide or anything for sure. They might have used, you know, rivers or something. I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, I think this known. universe just says like, as like, uh, it's sort of like Flintstones logic because yeah. the Flintstones also had televisions. It's, but... it's, it's more advanced than Flintstones logic, but yeah, it's still. Yeah, they're the modern Stone Age family. This is the modern Inca family. <laughs> I mean, they uh, they don't they they have wheels in this that actually do something in this world. Like they yeah. don't have cars per se, but they they don't real, uh, they don't have vehicles where they get in the vehicle and the entire point of the vehicle is po- pointless because they use their feet. Um, yeah, like the Flintstones do. They have anim- They have you know animals. Which again, the Incas did not use wheels, and they knew this when they were making the movie. They just didn't care because they, they at that point they were like, "Well, we've done all this other stuff. Why does it matter?" Um, yeah, I literally uh, just but, made like that uh, a human version of that uh, one shrug uh, emoticon. Yeah, the llama, <laughs> yeah. the llama. But here, the llamas sometimes sometimes people will carry will walk with carts, and instead of the, using the carts as vehicles, the carts are used to transport like goods. 
like in the movie. But sometimes people will sit on the llama carts like cars and have reins. Like the one who was them. who asked Krog to help her move. Yeah. Yeah. And, and almost forgetting grandma. <laughs> yeah. And grandma was Tress McNeil. Oh, really? Think, Why am I, I think, not surprised? I think, so. I think so. Yeah. I think the person who asked to leave might have also been Tress, who asked him to help move might have also been Tress McNeil. Because um, hmm. Tress McNeil's in everything and she's in multiple episodes of this show. Um, he's also the official voice of Daisy Duck, or one of the two. Yeah, oh, yeah. She's she's the main one. Uh, yeah, the, and the, she's the queen, the queen of hearts as well. Oh, nice. Uh, so that's what happens when Daisy and the Queen of Hearts are in the same room. So Kuzco <laughs> and Isma learn that they're planning. The Royal Record Keeper is planning to make Kronk Emperor now because he helped all these people. Which again, he can do that. <laughs> Well, it also helps that the secret society in question only has two members. Yeah, it's the, yeah, it's the royal council. Apparently, only has two members. So I guess the other there aren't there are plenty of other servants, but there's only two members of the royal council. And these are the two people who I think are implied to be the closest thing they have to like run someone running the government while Cusco's not emperor. So um, they have their own form of the Illuminati. Then I don't can, know. Can I'm you really saying... call it like a secret society? Because there's only two of them, and somehow Cusco and Isma already know about them. People, people. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, everyone knows about Isma's uh, secret lab. Also, uh, even oh, yeah, Cusco knows. Yo, Cusco's known since the movie. I know. Lab. <laughs> he has that to... secret lab. Yeah. Um, which, you know, there's a theory that that might be a reference to the studio that made Dinosaur. Um, which was called Secret Lab. It got shut down yeah. pretty quickly. After one whole movie. Yeah. Um yeah. I rewatched that recently. It's alright, but it definitely has aged. Like it does it's not like walking with dinosaurs or Jurassic Park with a CGI still holds up. I know people probably don't agree with this, but I like the ride better than the movie. The dinosaur. Oh, ride. I hated the ride. When I went to Florida oh, the yeah. one time, like it was the most nerve-wracking sensory overload thing oh, I've yeah. ever well, experienced yeah, in my life. I've never rode the I ride. Hated, I would have hated it as a kid. Yeah. I, I think I seen the movie once, but that people, was when I was a kid and it was on VHS. The things I can handle the things I could I was afraid of as a kid, I'm not anymore. And some of the things I was afraid of as a kid were perfectly valid things for people who aren't kids to be afraid of. Not everything. Some things I was afraid of as a kid were silly, but um, well, I so I can understand that. other people not liking it at, because of the sensory or because it's scary. But I think as a ride, even though, you know, most of it's in the dark, I think that kind of elevates the scariness in a way. And I think that's what they were going for was to be scary. Um, oh, yeah. Like I I would close my eyes near like the last half because one, it was just too loud. The car was just shaking around yeah. a lot. And it's just like, oh, God, this is like I can't handle this. But yeah, Why everyone, did I want to go on this ride? <laughs> everyone everyone is saying they need to build an Yzma secret lab ride. They already have an Yzma ride at Animal Kingdom. You got dinosaur right there. Yeah, yeah they just got to get rid of the, the dinosaurs. <laughs> no, Yzma is the dinosaur. <laughs> so she drank a dinosaur potion. You know, she has she has a possum. Uh, uh, was that possum or armadillo later on? I think it was an I'm armadillo. Going ahead. Yeah. Okay. They, yeah. They, I forgot. Start coming up with plans to get rid of Kronk, and Isma keeps seeming deliberately, but not uh, triggering her traps and plans and stuff on herself. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't clear on that exactly. Yeah. I actually wrote a note from something before that because of Cusco just 
constantly sipping his drink while Yzma's trying to uh, have a conversation conversation with him that right there is actually a trigger of mine like don't loudly sip your drink while i'm trying to talk to you yeah i think oh, yeah. You, i don't know if this is anything you can do anything about or if it's even going to come through at all i think there's some feedback stuff going on with your mic but i'm not sure uh, my mic uh, it's probably my dog barking. my mic or is it i think it's xander it just sounds buzzy in the like hit echoey but like buzzy echo but i think hmm Hopefully, I think it's just because of the part of the room I'm in. Sorry. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it, could be, yeah. it won't come through so much in the recording is all I'm saying. Mm, yeah. Because that's, I don't, I don't care. It's more than my listeners that I'm concerned about. Yeah, of course. We got to make sure we have good audio. Yeah, my uh, bad. Because I've had muffled audio for like a long time. Uh, and like I did an episode uh, with two of the channel KRT people and Tony not realizing how muffled my audio was until after I released it. Um, yeah. Uh, and that was a fun episode. So I encourage people to listen to it, but not really pay attention to what I say. Yeah. I noticed that when like I was re-listening to a bit of like the Rob Pratt interview we did and it's like, Oh God, I did not have zoom set up to record my main mic. It was the internal mic. So I sound way more garbled than I usually do. Yeah. Well, I it's made sure set up, uh, set up the microphone, uh, phone to my, uh, to the microphone I mainly use for everything. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and Cusco keeps. So Cusco criticizes Isma like Isma's plans, like saying, "Haven't all those hasn't like the black on the tur the red on black been done before and the potions and stuff?" And she's like, and then Cusco's like, "So now it's time for Cusco's duels." And Isma's like, "Hasn't that all been done?" And Cusco's like, "Nah." What's wrong it's basically with it's a perfectly fine color combination. Yeah, I it's, think... it's basically the writers just taking a sledgehammer to like a lot of their like, you know, formula of the show thus far. I think they're making fun of they, they're both making fun of the formula and the people who uh, criticize the formula at the same time. Exactly. Because yeah. Cusco is not exactly the person that you want to get advice from or anything. Absolutely not, especially not after watching this episode. Like, my little sister and I, like, kind of sat down and watched it, and she was like, God, I don't like Cusco after watching this. Yeah. Yeah, every every year I get older, I start to empathize Yzma. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I mean, they're both pretty rotten, honestly. Yeah, uh, Cusco stated, when I do something selfish, it's fun, but when she does it, it's evil. First yeah. of all, no, it's not. <laughs> it's basically the exact same thing. Getting rid of you, if anything, is better. Hashtag Yzma killing Cusco is a public service. <laughs> yeah, but she wanted this time. She, he was more talking about her dropping busts on people's houses, though. Except Fair, yeah. they ended up landing on hers. Yeah. It, she, so she plans to do the same thing that she did earlier in the episode, but with a Kronk bust so that the Royal Record Keeper will think Kronk dropped a bust. I would be really suspicious if a Kronk bus jumped on my head, uh, dropped on my house. I would not. I would think this doesn't seem like something Kronk would do. Uh, I think a Cusco shaped bus is something Cusco wouldn't do either. On that yeah. note, I'm surprised Cusco didn't put two and two together of like, wait, so maybe Yzma was the one who dropped the bus originally. He never once questions it. Yeah, I think it's just because he's used to it by now. Yeah, probably. Um. Yeah. It's something you would hope Cusco wouldn't do, at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're not, again, they're not always consistent about just how much of a jerk and how much 
Cusco actually has improved. Uh, yeah. They're not entirely consistent about that um, in the show. Uh, but then it turns out uh, Cusco tries to save the Royal Riker Keeper, and the Royal Riker Keeper is annoyed because he thinks Cusco is trying to save him from a loud whistling sound. The loud whistling sound is the conk bust, but it lands on Yzma's house instead of the Royal Riker Keeper's house. Yeah. And then Cusco just makes fun of Yzma, and that's the end of the episode. Pretty much. It was kind of a weird, like, things happen, but it's like it all just kind of like, you know, how do I phrase it? I'm, I'm, I'm having a brain fart, damn it. The more it. I <laughs> think about this second segment, the more I and con- compare it to others, and uh, it's it's really uh, one of the actually really stronger episodes, but we'll get into that in a moment. <laughs> yeah, I was oh, going to yeah. say, if these episodes were like flip-flopping, like, like when it aired, it it would actually have been a little better because the second half feels more like an A story, and the first half feels like a B story. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Um. So the second segment, uh, Camp Cusco, was written by Bill Bill Motts and Bob Roth, who would go on to create, who worked on several Disney shows back then, but they would go on to create uh, the Ghost of Molly McGee. Ooh, nice. Ooh. I was yeah. still haven't sat down to watch that. Yeah. Um, and the second episode feels much... There's a thing about the Emperor's New Groove that uh, I don't hear a lot of people talk about in detail as much, but it's something imitators uh, sometimes miss, and that's that the majority of the story and what happens in the Emperor's New Groove is entirely driven by the actions of the characters. Mm-hmm. Nothing just happens because... Um, and I think this episode really does that well too, especially um, with Cusco. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have so, things to say about Cusco in this segment. Sorry if you hear my dog barking. Uh, it's po- my dad probably just got home and is getting ready to feed them. Um, nah, no worries. It's okay. My dogs were barking downstairs. <laughs> so, the episode's premise is basically they're at camp, and Cusco challenges Molina's. Cusco has a bunch of boys that are his that he's watching over. And, and I guess Kronk is watching over everyone. I don't know. Um, and Melina has a, a group of girls that she's watching over. And Cusco challenges the girls to a race because Cusco is a sexist uh, uh, misogynist. Um, yeah. I wrote, yeah. Down that he wrote down out of concern for this part because I wrote down, wait, who let, who let Cusco listen to Andrew Tate? Yeah. Ah no. That, no. That's the last thing we want to think about Cusco doing. The the, the like, one the one the one good thing I'll I mean not the one good thing I'll say about the segment I thought was good, but the good thing I'll say about Cusco being an asshole on the show is he's like never really portrayed he's always portrayed as being in the wrong. That like he is always faces thing, consequences yes. and stuff for what he does. Um I to mean, make it clear to the kids like this is not supposed to be a role model which you know kids are apparently much better at understanding that than adults are as well, yeah. rick and morty I mean, and stuff he tries to be all big and buff but gets immediately scared by a butterfly yeah. but like yeah. that's one thing i don't get like as a kid i kids are smart and kids will get that a character that's an asshole is an asshole and you shouldn't be aiming to be like that character but then adults will watch rick and morty and say oh rick is you just don't understand he's the best I don't know. You have to I'm have an a adult certain that watched level of Rick and Morty for the longest time, and even I can tell you, Rick is not the best. Yeah. Mm. There's the whole you miss the point by idolizing them thing, which I, I have seen happen with people. Uh, 
a couple people on this show. Uh, I think also, I think they weren't children. So, mm. yeah, I've seen that happen with the Falcon War Soldier with the with the the character uh, a U.S. Soldier. I don't remember the name. U.S. Name. Agent. Yeah, U.S. Agent. Thank you. That's the one. Thank you. Uh, the one played by Wyatt Russell because somebody was like, "Oh, he's my hero." It was just after that controversial episode where he killed someone. Mm. Oh my, yeah. Red um, flags. <laughs> yeah. Cusco so, decides to cheat by uh, moving one of the arrows so it's pointing away from the sunny, happy place and towards the dark, spooky place. Um, Classic cartoon 101. She hides yep. behind a rock and the girls go follow the arrow. Again, the girls are by themselves. They aren't. Uh, Melina and Kronk aren't with the teams and Cusco's mm. not supposed to be. Um, and yeah, he, he just, he did that whole faking. I need a pee thing. Yeah. And yeah. he watched, uh, and Melina didn't fall for it at first, but he grossed her out. So, um, she still, you know, immediately figures out that, uh, this is that the reason the girls are, are not showing up at the finish line after a long time is because it's Cusco. Cusco did something. Um, yeah, they, they quickly realized that the moment Cusco showed up because he stupidly went the wrong way himself. Yeah, well, after yeah. after he comes out from watching them, he knocks over the sign and tries to pick it up, but can't remember where the arrow is supposed to point. And he looks at the sunny, happy side and the dark side and decides, oh, it must be the scary dark side that is the right way to go. I literally saw how many brain cells he had left in that scene. Oh, um, yes, absolutely. So then he, he runs into the girls. They end up, he eats all their food and drinks all their water. Um, And they end up and in the And he messes with a bee. He messes yeah. up with a beehive. No, oh, this yeah. Ep- this episode has a bear and bees in it. Um, yeah. The bear and the bees. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I wrote down my notes. The goose go wait the bees and the goose go wait. Yeah. Um we'll never and escape that me. Cusco messes with bees and falls off a cliff and they all end up in the tangled in vines and stuff in the jungle. Um Melina and Kronk decide to go after them. Uh Isma's eating chips and they do a thing that's basically a repeat of the joke from the movie, but in a different context where Kronk is sleeping at the tent, but it's Isma eating chips. Um, that leads to like my favorite line are of the delicious. entire. Yes, that's my favorite line of the episode. It's so good. Like it, I love Eartha Kitt's delivery in this. This episode's just cemented. Like I love Eartha Kitt as a voice actor, and I'm sad we lost her so yeah. so soon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. So Isma decide decides that because Cusco's at camp and it's dangerous, no one will suspect her. So she goes to the camp and she talks to Kronk. And apparently her plan is to start a free circus, this use a potion to turn into a bear and a Cus- into a bear and a tutu that will make Cusco laugh until he explodes, basically, which would kill him. But I don't know so if that's it's possible. Like, uh, yeah, so it's like that joke from Mary Poppins. Yeah. From yeah. the very end. Father died laughing. Yeah. Well, that can <laughs> happen to you, but it's not the laughing that actually I don't think the laughing is what actually kills you. I think it's like your heart or something. I think it's like a continuous laugh supposedly for like more than 20 minutes or something like that from what I've heard. Anyway. Yeah, and, and, and again, the, the, the guy in Mary Poppins was old. Well, yeah, Fair I was going to say, think, I don't know what Ed, Ed Wynn's excuse was. I think his heart, <laughs> his heart uh, gave out from the laughter or something. Um, but again, yeah. if you do anything too much can probably kill you. Um, 
So said you can die eating too many bananas. Then too much yeah, you, can die, you can die eating too many anything. That that's the thing. Too much food will kill you. Yeah. Mm. Um. It's and I read somewhere someone saying poison in moderation is still poison, and someone said technically everything's poison in moderation. If you have too much of anything, <laughs> it will kill you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, Kronk points out that this plan is convoluted and silly, and that Isma should just turn into a bear and eat Cusco, uh, basically. But here's the thing. He's, she still has the tutu. So yeah. then that has me questioning. Is the potion like specifically engineered to transform her into a bear specifically wearing a tutu? I think so, yeah. Or yeah, does she just have she a bear-sized back... tutu in the secret lab somewhere and has just been yeah. wanting to use it? Uh, she does change back into her clothes when she goes back into the human later on. Yeah, but we don't see the, the bottom, her bottom lower half. Well, yeah, the credits block it off, so we have no idea. Um, but uh, so God, this episode a lot goes on in this eleven minutes. Um, so the then, that... oh, yeah, I, 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 I lost it. Oh, okay. Well, if you think of it again, let me know, and I'll stop. <laughs> um, yeah. what else happens? So then. Eventually, the bear finds them, but Melina recognizes that it's Yzma. Um, Cusco runs away, scared, then realizes after a few jokes that that wasn't a very manly thing to do. So he grabs a fish and runs off to Yzma and he slaps thought it her. was a rock, but no, he, well, he, he was he hoping to get a rock. But he he uh... wanted to find a rock, but he thought a fish was even better, and he slaps her with a fish. And he says he's doing it because bears hate fish, and that's why they're always biting them. Does he not know how animals eat? The psychological like evaluation of Cusco must be very fascinating. I, hate be, I would hate to be that uh that a uh, kingdom's therapist. And then yeah. uh a real bear shows up and eats because Melina before Cusco hits Yzma with the fish, Melina and the girls have already like tied up Yzma and are hanging her from a tree. Mm. A real bear shows up, eats a fish. Everyone runs off except Yzma because she's tied to a tree. And the bear is about to go after them, but then it sees Yzma and it immediately falls in love with Yzma as a bear. I, I, I kind of laughed at that because I knew it was going to happen, but I still thought it was funny. Yeah. The funny thing is with the post-credits gag, obviously, or like not post-credits, the credits gag because it's during the credits. Yeah. Like Yzma turns back into a human and oh, it's like, oh, no, the bear's still into her. It's like love knows no species, apparently. Yeah. Well, this was also back when a cartoon still had those. Yeah. Those days. Um, and then Molina and basically Molina pretty much summed up the episode, but Cusco was not learning anything. Yeah. And then um, she friends of Cusco learn anything. And then Molina tricks them with by saying there's a bear there. Yeah. 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 And then the credit scene we mentioned before where the bear is snuggling up on Yzma. She turns back into a human. The bear sniffs her and then keeps snuggling her. Um, Love knows no boundaries, I guess. <laughs> I think that bear likes the way she smells. That Maybe was she my, smells like salmon. I don't know. That was, my, that was my... That was what seemed to be the implication from what was going on in the animation. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, probably. Um... And that's the end of the episode. Uh, you know, they show the logo, but they don't, you know, mention it like they do sometimes. Um, hmm. There's no reason to, because no one's like 
no one's mentioning like the credits or anything. So why would they mention the logo? Because there's a few episodes where characters talk about talk over the credits and they mention the credits and then they mention the logo at the end. I think um, the only fourth wall break hmm. in this segment was Kuzco just telling people not to mess with beehives, which I feel like was an S and P uh, thing. Like, yeah. okay, you can have him do that, but Probably. have him say don't mess with it in real life. Yeah, because he could fall off a cliff. Yeah, and, also and then that stung. leads to them falling off a cliff. So it's like, <laughs> oh, I just feel like that's a random line. But no, it, later on in the episode, oh wait, they do fall down a cliff. So that makes sense why he said that. Yeah, he was spoiling uh, the joke. <laughs> and that's all I can think of to say about the episode. <laughs> Yeah, same here. <laughs> I gotta say, like, I it feels weird going to into this episode, like, because like, I, I haven't seen the show in a long time. I think last time I would have seen it was, like, on Disney Cinemagic, which I don't know if you guys in the U.S. probably had. We don't have. No, but... we did not. Uh, some of us were actually campaigning for that, but it never happened. Uh, yeah. I don't, we don't have it, but I am aware of it because YouTube. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. would post vi videos fr from Cinemagic on YouTube. Yeah. Same here. Uh, I remember it when I think I remember watching the show when it was on Di both Disney Channel and the reruns were airing on Toon Disney. Yeah, and they yeah. aired on. They went. They even went into Disney XD for like a year or two. Yeah, yeah. For the uninitiated, um, uh, just like for listeners who don't know what Disney Cinemagic is, if you don't happen to know what that is, basically it was almost like a second Disney Channel, but was exclusively airing movies. So it was like. Basically, a, a way for Disney to have their legacy content like go to a different channel, so then they could have their DComs be like the only movies they put on Disney Channel, yeah. pretty much. And they put on like the Silly Symphonies, older Mickey and Car uh, Mickey Donald Goofy cartoons, yeah. and a lot of like defunct Disney Channel shows. Like I remember Kim Possible and Recess being frequently re-aired on there. Yeah, that's pretty much yeah. what I have. What Toon Disney was? Yeah, in I was the gonna US say it's it's, it's kind of what Toon Disney. And Disney XD was briefly like that, and the there was a transitional period where it was called Disney XD, but they were still showing a lot of those cartoons. Um, yeah, and, and now they just air reruns of the current shows. Early 2010s, yeah. Well, yeah. now they have Disney Plus. They don't really see. Uh... Yeah, but not, not everything's every on there. <laughs> yeah, not every not every Disney not everything is on Disney Plus, and not every uh, region has the same content. Yeah. Example, I was not able to watch this episode on Disney Plus because for some reason the UK and Ireland Disney Plus does not have Emperor's New School. I Thankfully, I found it through other means. Maybe, but, maybe it's maybe it's because uh the people in the UK don't like it. I don't know. I remember one time watching watching a comment someone did a fan commentary of the Emperor's New Groove. And at the end they mentioned how my how like they said Crocs New Groove is one of the few sequels that is pretty good, and then they this is after the movie had ended. They were just rambling on. They were like, the TV show sucked, though. And they were British. And that's, for some reason, that's what made me think of that. I we just think... assumed the British hated the show, apparently. I did not think uh, Emperor's New School was bad. I mean, it's a little better than Kronk's New Groove. I'm mixed on Kronk's New Groove. I'm not yeah. saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. I just think it exists. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, the Emperor's New School was definitely a better or a uh, way to expand the universe of the Emperor's well, the, the big mm. criticism I hear is true for both the Crocs New Groove and the Emperor's New School, which is that they just reuse uh, jokes too much. But the Emperor's New School actually is a 52-episode 52, 52 series. There are more episodes with less of that than there is in one movie, even though nearly every episode in the first season will have something from the movie in it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. There's spread, you know. There's still more variety, uh, 
especially in the second season, even though every episode will have like one joke from the movie. Uh, it's not like the first season where there's like five or yeah. Kronk's New Groove where there's like ten. Jokes yeah, because like I was gonna point out, there's not a single like um lever or roller coaster gag yeah. in this episode. Which there's a turn the crank. I was expecting which, it. Uh, it never came. Which, uh, that turn the crank thing, I think that confirmed that uh Yzma is dyslexic because she was <laughs> having she was bumbling with that. Yeah. Crank the yeah. crunk, crank. Because dyslexic people are funny, get it? No. Um no, just uh fumbling is funny though. Like oh, spooner. Yeah. Spoonerisms and Docisms, you know, Doc from Sleeping Beauty, uh, not Sleeping Beauty, from yeah. Snow White. <laughs> he 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 had all these spoonerisms he did, where it was like, uh, "What are you and who are you doing?" You know that. <laughs> I I forgot I about that one. <laughs> I guess it could be considered, you know, ableist because there are people who really struggle with that, like I mentioned. Yeah. Um, but we're not making fun of people who do that. It just sounds funny. This I don't episode know. aired in 2008. Well, it was like it was a different time. Yeah, but also some things just sound funny, like div divorce from context. Like, oh yeah, we're not yeah. saying that this is a di disability thing. It's just it sounds funny. Yeah, I, don't know. I think it's more so just her fumbling her words and not really dyslexic thing. Yeah, I don't know why I wrote that down as dyslexic. Oh. Some people get tongue tied. It happens. I don't. That I makes don't, sense. Yeah, I also don't think dyslexic is more word like reading and stuff i think words Get, getting yeah. words and like getting letters. like your w's and v's and like other letters mixed up when you're trying to read and so yeah, on yeah that's yeah, yeah. okay but i really do again i'm not an expert there. so oh no you're all right dude yeah we are not doctors obviously <laughs> yeah um so then yeah so i thought the second segment was stronger i knew that going in i knew that because yeah, yeah, I've seen it before, but I hadn't watched it in a while. I knew that because it was written by the Ghost of Molly McGee people, it was probably going to be the better one. I don't mm, even honestly, know, yeah. I know who wrote the first segment. I'd have to look it up. Um, but I also remembered, oh, there's one line I remember uh, where Kronk uh, is talking about how Cusco went down the wrong way. And he's like, he took the dark path or something instead of the shiny path. And then he's like, I know a thing or two about the wrong path. Trying to subtly allude to the fact that, yeah, I've been helping Yzma this whole time in case people didn't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't even consider Kronk a true henchman. He's just in it. Hmm? You froze. Oh, sorry. So... It, it, it froze for a second. Oh, I just said, I don't really consider. Okay. Uh, am I sure? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fine. You're fine. I, tr I honestly consider, don't consider Tron. Tr Wow, I'm fumbling on my own words now. It's okay. We'll cut around it. No worries. <laughs> As I was trying to say a million times before getting frozen somehow, uh, Hunk, I don't really consider a true henchman. I consider him more of like an idiot because that's yeah. pretty much the way he is. Yeah. Kronk is Kronk. That's how yeah. we answer that. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's a himbo. But I do like, I do like the, that, that reference to the fact that yes, Kronk knows Kronk, Kronk puts up with Yzma shit. Um, <laughs> God, I hope the fact I don't I don't know who listens to this podcast. I hope if anyone important listens to this podcast, they don't mind us swearing. Because <laughs> I know important people are aware of the podcast. I don't know if they listen to. We're a bunch of adults talking about a children's show. Like you know, you're also you not the only one. <laughs> yeah. 
and we're not we're not actually you know affiliated with the show so the this podcast episode does not reflect any of the views of anyone who like would well i'm gonna have to actually say anywhere. that for the next episode at the beginning <laughs> um, oh my god i wasn't told to but i assume it's better to mm, so yeah, yeah valid um, valid and that one probably won't have any swearing in it because I try not to swear on like interviews and stuff. Um, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I like that because it gives an insight into Kronk's character having more depth. Like he's not just like he thinks about these things, you know. He's like I know he has experience with Isma repeatedly coaxing him into helping her with her schemes um there's more going on inside the mind of that very buff looking man <laughs> yeah the inner um, machinations of Kronk's mind is an enigma yeah cut to so, his mind of spilled milk <laughs> that that's pretty much it uh do you all have anything else you want to say or anything you want to plug uh Sandra, you want to go first Oh, sure. I host a YouTube series called Xenotalks Disney, where I review pretty much anything Disney-related, both made by Disney and fan-made. Uh, my most recent episode was my Halloween one, where I talked about the Disney Channel series. I'm glad you do Channel that, series. sorry. Uh, my most recent episode is about the Disney Channel series The Owl House, which was my Halloween episode this past year. I'm currently writing the Christmas episode, but I'll post more updates whenever I can. You can follow me on Instagram, Hive Social, and Blue Sky. I'm at Zarin DeBoss on all of them. I-, I would promote Twitter, but do we really need to promote Twitter anymore? I don't think so. I think Good. we can let it die. <laughs> yeah, I hope I can find some of the people on Twitter that... If Twitter does die, I hope I can find some of the people that I haven't found other social medias for yet. <laughs> Anyone want to migrate to MySpace again? Make that alive again? Um, Kieran, do you have anything to plug? Uh, well, just my YouTube, uh, That Irish Geek. There's not much on there currently, but there is my documentary short film, uh, that I did in college called House of Pixels, where that was about two brothers that I met at a gaming convention who wanted to make a museum for Ireland's history with the video games industry, which has got a, a lot of very fascinating stuff. You should check it out. Um, I hope to have more stuff on there when it comes to reviewing movies and video games and various other media that I just have an interest in or feel like talking about in the given time. Um, hopefully, maybe by the time this episode comes out, I'll have an episode talking about the very first Sonic the Hedgehog game for the Mega Drive. Um, other than that, I've also appeared a few times on the Geekly YouTube channel. That's G-E-E-K-I-L-Y where I've talked about Ninja Turtles quite a lot, actually. We did a whole series talking about like the various Ninja Turtle films in the lead up to Mutant Mayhem's release. And I will be voicing Casey Jones in uh, the upcoming animated fan series on that channel. So look Ooh. forward to that when Ooh. that comes out. Um, I have, since we're not doing Twitter, I won't mention Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I think Blue Sky is podcast T-E-N-P also, but I'm not sure. I don't remember. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> Uh, you can look up the Emperor's News podcast on Blue Sky and you should be able to find it. Um, uh, I have a U- Emperor's New podcast YouTube channel uh, where I'm currently on break, but I'm uh, when I get back from break, I'm going we're going to be resuming working on and I'm, you know, having discussions and pre-production with like trying to get support from people. Uh, a fan, an Emperor's New Groove fan film, which maybe someday you can talk about that on your YouTube channel, Xander. <laughs> oh, I already plan to. <laughs> um 
you know, whenever that comes out. Um, so check that out. I also want to say the next episode, as you know, it's, this is our 69th. The next episode will be our 70th. Uh, I have something very special planned for that. I don't know that I should talk about the exact details yet, so I won't. But uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, and thank you all for coming on. And thank everyone for listening. What's his name?